I had stressed about several pitch events and tried to perfect my Twitter pitches to be perfect and looked at my likes all day and spent half the day trying to see if I'd gotten any attention on this pitch. And I only had 13 followers on Twitter. So it felt like it wasn't going anywhere. So this was one day I just said, okay, I'm going to throw a pitch up. I'm going to pin it to my profile and I'm going to hang out with my kid because I can't be on my phone all day looking at Twitter. And then when I went on that night, I had gotten a like from, from this editor and it ended up being the perfect match. If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer and the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world. And sometimes, actually all the time, it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother. Hello, mums and moms and mummies. It's Jackie. Welcome to another episode of These Mums Write. So, you have this great manuscript, but the idea of getting it through an agent's front door and to the top of their inbox seems impossible, right? Maybe you haven't even completed your manuscript, but knowing that at some point you're going to have to get it through that front door is just a heavy weight that gets you down. The good news is there are side doors. In today's episode, Anne Payton, a mom and debut fantasy romance novelist, shares how she leveraged a Twitter event to access an editor at a small publishing press, a route which meant she didn't need an agent at all. She also shares how being a mom has given her the resilience to navigate what can be, side doors and all, a very overwhelming publishing process. Please welcome A.N. Payton. Hello, A.N. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited too. But what are you most excited about right now? (laughs) I have a book coming out this June. Um, It releases June 21st and it's called Hellfire and Honey. And I'm super excited for having my debut fantasy. Uh, come out with City Owl Press. Wow, that is huge. Oh my gosh. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) Yeah, I tell me, tell me about it. Tell me about the journey to get there. Yeah, I'd love to tell you. Um, I'll start in the very beginning. And it's probably a story that has been told a 100 times. But um, I've always kind of been a writer and and wanted to write and I had a lot of teachers sort of tell my parents you know I think I think she might be a writer someday um and when it came to pick a degree in college I did not pick writing (laughs) I got a biology degree and um I discovered that I loved biology I love the world I love all those details that um have to come together to create life and to to sustain these biological and physics principles that we live with in our world. Um, anyway, could talk about biology for way too long. No, um, I love it. <laughs> it's it's really fascinating. Um, but then I got married. My husband's in the army, so we kind of ended up farther away from our families and just kind of being together on our own. 
and I started writing and I wrote my first novel when he was deployed and it was terrible. <laughs> it didn't have any structure. I didn't know what structure was. It didn't have any craft elements. It was just like kind of me throwing words at the page until it was a book. <laughs> and I kind of realized that when it was done, that it wasn't that great. So I started studying craft and I started studying structure. And then we moved from Alaska. We're currently in Alabama. So we did a big move down here. And that's when my daughter was born. And I kind of had this feeling of now or never, like I'm gonna write this book, I'm gonna get a book out there, or I'm just gonna have to put this on the back burner for the foreseeable future. Mm. And I did it. I wrote Hellfire and Honey. The first draft was a mess as they're supposed to be. And then I cleaned it up and I started, I started looking for agents. And um, that's kind of the very beginning of the story. Wow, yeah, that's exciting. And I love that title, Hellfire and Honey. <laughs> so how did they, the, the agents process go? So the first round of, of looking for an agent went about as well as I think anybody's first round of looking for an agent, which wasn't great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got a lot of rejections. Uh, I was a little bit shocked at, at how many rejections I got. And I I found a lot of resources, um, Query Shark, and um, there's a Miller podcast, the, it's got a bad word, the SHIT, no one tells you about writing. They bring on agents that kind of critique query letters. And so I started listening to those. And then Manuscript Academy, their podcast has a backlist of agents that talk about the querying process. And I just absorbed all that I could, rewrote my query so many times. And I finally was getting a little bit of attention. I got some full or I got some partial requests, but they just kind of weren't, weren't panning out. And the process was taking a really long time. And I'm sure it's a very familiar story, just waiting for, waiting for my yes and not getting it. So I kind of started looking into small presses because I just wanted to get the story out there. I had written it at this point, I had started the second book and I was ready to move to the next step. And can you tell us about what you learned about the querying process? Cause you, you mentioned that you, I love all these resources that you shared. That's amazing. And we'll put those in the show notes, but thinking about those first drafts of the query letter and then, oh, I did all this learning, rewrote it. Is there anything that sticks out to you that you took away from that process? Yes. I learned that authors like to talk about their stories way more than they need to in their queries. My query would be the early drafts, like 50% backstory and then 50%, you know, here's what's happening now. And you just don't need that much to hook an agent's attention. They really want to hear jumping right in. Here's my story. And here is what happens and the conflict and the stakes. And so Mm -hmm. trying to fill a page full of information about your book is just going to make them feel like it's too long and like you're giving them too much information. And like you as an author might not know the true root of your own story. They really want to know that you not only know what your story is about, but know what it's about to the point of this is marketable. I know what my hook is, I know what my plot is, and I know what is gonna keep readers on the hook. 
And that's more what your query is selling rather than the full synopsis of your story. Oh, interesting. So when you say that you're putting too much backstory in, you're saying that in the earlier drafts, it was too much about like plot, like sequences and like, this is what happens versus thinking about it from more of a marketing lens, which is like, what's the essence of the story? What's the hook? What's going to keep people reading? Exactly. As much as you've spent as an author, you know, months, years writing your story, the agent is going to look at it for about a minute. So you need to get to the punch of what's going to sell your book and why your book needs to be on shelves. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. So you decided instead of trying to hook a, a literary agent that would then maybe move or connect your book to like a bigger publishing house, I'm going to just go directly to these smaller publishing houses. Don't need a literary agent for those. Exactly. So I submitted to a few small presses and I hadn't heard anything back. And I, um, another resource is Query Tracker. You can use the comments on Query Tracker and they'll tell you sort of how long it's taken certain presses or certain agents to respond to people. And so I could tell that they were having months long wait lists. And so in between submitting to these smaller presses where I didn't need an agent, um, I was also participating in Twitter pitches, um, which is where my editor actually liked one of my pitches. And so that kind of opened the door to submit my new revised better query letter straight to an editor without needing an agent. Oh, that's so great. Oh my God, I love how it all came together. Yeah, it really did. It, um, it's definitely an emotional experience going through the querying process, even when you are querying small presses. Um, so I'm really happy with how, how it's gone. Yeah, so the Twitter pitch was really like your back door into that small press. Yeah, and I know Twitter pitches, they're having a little more controversy now. This was almost two years ago. So a lot has changed in kind of the Twitter, Twitter sphere. Um, and so some of those um, pitch competitions are kind of fading a little bit, but they, if you can participate in them and you can get some attention, they can definitely open some doors to both agents and editors. Yeah, absolutely. And like, how did you find that particular pitch war? Um, you know, I had stressed about several pitch events and tried to perfect my Twitter pitches to be perfect and looked at my likes all day and spent half the day trying to see if I'd gotten any attention on this pitch. And I only had 13 followers on Twitter, so it felt like it wasn't going anywhere. So this was one day I just said, okay, I'm going to throw a pitch up. I'm going to pin it to my profile and I'm going to hang out with my kid because I can't be on my phone all day looking at Twitter. And then when I went on that night, I had gotten a like from, from this editor. And so it was really unexpected. It was a smaller competition. So I wasn't really expecting the attention that, that I got, but it ended up being the perfect match. Yeah, that's so great. And you say it's a smaller competition, but maybe that's the result of you putting in the time to research the different, you know, Twitter pitch options, pitch fests, pitch competitions. Yeah. I'm not sure. What, <laughs> yeah, whatever but, events. <laughs> I events. think they're something different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you put in the time to like find out what, what options were in that sphere. 
and say that you just put it up there, but actually it sounds like you probably did a, quite a bit of back work to figure out the, the Twitter environment. Maybe it's my biology degree, but I love research. I research everything all the time. I don't go anywhere without thoroughly researching anything. If we're going to go um, to the beach or to a party or something, I'm going to research what the parking looks like and how far we're going to need to walk and how many snacks I need to bring <laughs> my two-year-old. So I did the same thing with these with these presses and with agents and with, with the Twitter events and pretty mm. much any way I could get my story out there. I wanted to make sure I had all my options open. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so when the agent or the editor, sorry, liked your, your posted pitch, what was the next step? So it was really similar to agents. So I submitted a query to her. They didn't use, I think they do use query tracker now, but at the time they were using sub submittable. Um, so I just submitted my query and she wanted the first, uh, I think 10 or 50 pages. So I just filled it out exactly as she asked for exactly how you would an agent form. And then, um, with that, within a few hours, she had asked for the full. And so then I sent her the full manuscript and a week later, um, she was reaching out to me for more personal questions, my plans with this, if I wanted to write a series, if I just had a standalone and kind of what I envisioned as a writing career more than just as a one-time standalone novel. So. Right. She wanted to make sure you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, there's definitely a discrepancy. Traditional publishing puts a lot of stress on your first book and your debut and you need to have one standalone. And if it doesn't sell really well, they may or may not offer you a second book. But small presses and self-publishing know that you really work well in series. And so the smaller presses usually are more eager for authors that want to write more books, um, which is great because I have a lot of books I want to write. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. What was that like for you when you had that conversation with this yeah. editor who's like, obviously now like she's clearly invested yeah, her name is Heather, um, and, she, and my publisher is City Owl Press, and they've been fantastic to work with. She had emailed me um, when I was driving, and so I went to the I went to the, the supposed drive through <laughs> and parked my car in their parking lot, and had to read the email with my my poor two year old in the backseat who didn't want to be in the car anymore. Yeah. And I was just so ecstatic that I saw that she was taking the novel to the acquisitions team and they were going to um, probably offer a contract. She was very hopeful that her acquisitions team would offer me a contract. After seeing so many rejections and wondering if I should self-publish or if I should just keep writing a different book or a different series, it was so wonderful to see that they wanted the book and that it fit their, their line really well. Um, and then I actually got to meet Heather in person. We ended up in the same town in the, during Christmas time. And Aww. she was so amazing to meet in person. She was so excited for all of her authors. She showed me her entire bookshelf full of the authors that she's edited for Aww. and her passion for my book and, and knowing that I was a new author and that we were going to have like some pretty good amount of edits to go through. Um, she was just like very encouraging, like don't take this as a step backwards. Like we're moving forwards together. And like, this book is going to be really great. 
um, when we're finally done with it. And it is, it's so much better because Heather just was so much fun to work with. She, she was saying like, I know we're going to like rip the shit out of this. Can I say yeah. that? I don't know if I can. We're going <laughs> to edit the crap out of this, but don't take that personally. Like this is part of the process and it's a good thing. Is that what she exactly. meant? Exactly. That's exactly what she meant. And yeah. when I first got my, when I got my first round of edits back, I read through all of them before I made any changes. And it was a little overwhelming how much she pointed out that I hadn't thought of, or that this world needed a little bit more work. And then I went on the, I'm part of the moms who write Facebook page. And I went on there and just searched, you know, editing or editor and everybody was having the same thoughts as me. Mm. They all felt like if your editor isn't ripping apart your work, then they're not helping you make it better. Mm. And I definitely see that the story is completely different in oh, wow. only good ways from when we started. Wow, that's exciting to be able to say that because it was good enough to get their attention and to make them invest, but they they made it even better, which it must mm -hmm. just blow your mind now, like what you've it created. Does. Yeah, it really does. What's your book about? Give us your pitch for Hellfire <laughs> and Honey. Yeah. Hellfire and Honey. Um, it's a fantasy romance and I'm, de I'm determined to bring vampires back. I think that's a movement and I hope that I'm part of it. But it's about a witch princess who's forced to surrender to a vampire king after centuries of war. And so as their kingdoms are trying to navigate this new tentative peace, um, and their relationship is also navigating a new tentative piece. Um, there's something much darker that's coming for them on the horizon. So they have to learn to work together or they're all going to be defeated. So it's a little dark. It's got um, some steamy romance and it has a little hint of um, a steampunk feeling with the technology. I like to describe it as there it's a medieval themed kingdom, but they're really hungry for knowledge. So there's a lot of learning and exploration in their own little world. Are there bees in it because of the title honey or no? <laughs> no, there's no bees. It's more of okay. a reflection of the relationship that the two main characters go through. Okay. Okay. I took that too far into the <laughs> biology realm. <laughs> yeah. I do love biology, but I also love romance. So I got to have both of those in there. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So that's an exciting journey you've been on so far. And, and how has, how has motherhood played into that for you? Yes. Motherhood is a story on its own. <laughs> um, my daughter just turned two. Um, she is both the best thing and the hardest thing that's ever happened in my life. And, um, apparently not so hard that we're not going to do it again. Um, I'm due <laughs> with my second baby next month. So. Wow. So wait, so next month, the book and the second baby. Yes. My book baby <laughs> and my real baby are both due next month. <laughs> yes, oh, wow. I that's not amazing. That. Um, I got pregnant with the baby before I knew when the book was coming out. So <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And, and so do you have a second book deal with this press? Uh, I have a contract for a novella, which is more of a prequel to the first book. The novella is called Deathbringer and Desire, and that's not coming out till January. Um, but it's kind of a peek into how the initial war started. 
Mm. Um, and I can't really say too much more than that because we haven't released our <laughs> announcement yet. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but what was it like? Because this is, I think, also really an intriguing part is not just how you got there, but what it's like once you've gotten that first contract and, you know, especially, you know, you have this company investing in you and then they say, yeah, and we want another one from you. Like that puts, I feel like a different kind of pressure. How, how was it writing the novella? Right. So um, my editor pretty much said, if you, they have first right of refusal, the publisher does. And so if I write a book in this, in this series, they get to say, yes, we want to publish this book or no, we don't want to publish this book before I can offer it anywhere else. And so the difference between having a contract and then not having a contract is that they could refuse the book. And so I have to make sure that um, not only am I writing the story that I want to tell, but I'm writing the story that my publisher thinks will sell. Writing the novella wasn't as challenging because I had already told them that I had a prequel novella. Um, so they pretty much just said, yeah, we'll, we'll pick that one up too. But for the second book, I had to submit just a one paragraph summary of what I thought the book was going to be, um, before I would start writing it. And I don't have an official contract yet on the second book, but I do have a sort of verbal promise that if I write it, they will offer a contract. Um, but another sort of freedom is if they don't choose to offer a contract, I will have the option to self-publish in the same series. So um, it does kind of, I, I don't want to say limit because I don't feel limited at all, but it does make sure that I'm on the track of what's going to attract readers and what readers are going to enjoy and what's marketable for the publishing company too. So, which is good. I want to make sure that readers are getting the best experience from me. That's the most important thing to me as an author is that my readers read a good story. That process helps make sure that I'm on the right track. Right. So there, it gives you guidance because now you have someone else's basically like their ideas and perspectives into the mix. So that's actually a helpful thing because then <laughs> it can be a better, more marketable book. Do you feel like pressure in a different way because before you were writing and you had no no one no expectations because you know, I'm I've not published anything as long as it's not crap that's actually a win but yeah, now you're like exactly. now I'm a published author so like <laughs> how there's expectations I, I'm just curious maybe not yeah no there definitely is not so much um being a published author or being a, not a published author, but in that I want my second book and my third book. And if I write more books in the future, I want my editors to be able to see that I'm growing as a writer. Mm -hmm. And you always have that self-doubt. Is this good? Is this good enough? Does this, mm -hmm. does this work? And I have, I have some beta readers and I have family members that read my work. And at, even if you're getting excellent feedback from everybody, even if you're getting excellent feedback from your editor that is investing money into your work, there's always that unfortunate element of self-doubt. And so my personal goal is to just make the next book better than the last book. And I, I think that is going well. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what my editor says with my next round of edits. Yeah. Well, I think it's great because your honesty is wonderful because I feel like there's a part of those of us that haven't gotten published by a traditional publisher, right? Where you're like, 
if only that happens, then everything is going to be great, right? Then I'll have no problems. This, they will all just disappear. Whereas I think what you're flagging this, like, yeah, now I've been published by a publisher, but it doesn't mean that I don't still have doubts about my writing. It doesn't mean like everything is like smooth sailing now, because now you're wanting to demonstrate to them, like you said, that I'm growing or that this is good. And in every life stage, well, there's new challenges to surmount, but it's never easy. It's never going to be easy, but each time like you are leveling up, right? So I think that's the exciting part in your career. Exactly. And I think as authors, a lot of people want to write as a hobby and that's amazing. And that's fantastic. If that's the direction you want to go in, that's incredible. And, and I would encourage people to pursue that hobby. But if you want to be a career author, it's just like any other career. You're going to have a day at the office that goes super well and that you just feel like you've made incredible strides. And then you're going to have a time where you just feel like I didn't do so good today. I don't think this is the place for me. I'm feeling really discouraged. But the next day you have to go back to the office. You have to go back to work. You have to continue to pursue your career. And the best thing you can do is to keep trying to make yourself a little bit better. Keep finding the resources that'll help you do that. So yeah, I would, I would think, and I'm working with a small press. I can only imagine the doubts and the kind of turbulence you'd experience working with an even larger press. I can only imagine that those would be even more weight to carry. So just got to be prepared if, if that's the direction you want to go to take all of that on too. And what about what, how are you imagining things will work once you have the second baby? Are you like, I got this or? That's a great question. (laughs) Um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Writing when I didn't have my daughter, it just wasn't consistently a part of my life until she was born. And I kind of made writing work around um, being with her. And I definitely have prioritized, you know, wanting to be a present parent instead of wanting to be a writer. And that's hard sometimes. Like, um, and some days, you know, I don't, I don't succeed at that. I think with two of them, it's just going to be making mistakes and trying to do better the next day because I have no idea how it's going to go, especially those first few months where nobody's sleeping and everybody's angry at each other. So uh, I hope it goes well. And writing is more part of my, my daily ritual now than it was when my daughter was born. So I think that there will be more of a place to put it with two kids, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. going to take time. So yes it's cool because you're kind of like up leveling in both areas yeah yes yes you're never not working when you're a parent so (laughs) yeah exactly but i'm sure you'll find a way because i feel like i myself often told myself there wasn't time and i I had that like narrative Uh, but when i look back I think that actually it was more of like emotional barriers rather than the actual like physical, oh, coming back to science, the physical limitations (laughs) of your world, right? Like there's, yeah, like for sure, like when they're first born and you're like, I want to just want to sleep. But after that initial like trauma period of sleep deprivation, I feel like there is always a way to find time and for the, for myself, it was just me not actually feeling ready and having the courage to write 
Yes, that mm-hmm. is a big, that is a big hurdle, especially if you're trying to make a career and you, you're thinking, oh, people are going to read this. People are going to pay money to read this. You really do have to find um, a different kind of courage. And I feel like parenting has, is one way to get a lot of courage. I have never been in situations more scary than ones that involve my child. And mm. so, um, you know, if, if I can deal with those, then I can deal with a bad review on Amazon for my book, or I can deal with some harsh editing from my editor, or, you know, I can look at another agent rejection because I know that I've done worse. I've done harder things. (laughs) That's true. And that's a really good description of how motherhood can actually improve your writing practice or in terms of your overall writing career, right? Yeah, definitely. And writing helped me as a parent, you know, you called it trauma in those early days. And that is the exact word I would use. Um, I just really felt like I had lost myself a little bit. And I I didn't know what I would look like as a parent. And, um, you know, coming at it from two years later, it's, it's easier to say, now that I'm more confident as both a parent and a writer, and they kind of both built off each other. Um, at the same time. What what do you see as the next steps for you as a writer? Um, so I'm definitely taking a little bit of a break to deal with um, the newborn. And then I'll be editing uh, my novella, which is coming out in January. So I'm actually working with a new editor at City Owl Press. I'm really excited to see the difference between um, two different editors and just get more experience working with other people in the field. Um, and then my original editor Heather um, is the one who's interested in working with me for the second actual chronological book in the series. Um, So I have the rough draft of that book done and I need to do some more edits and then, you know, looking at, looking at book three. So I'm hoping that this will be a whole series, a whole start of, of something that I want to work on for, for the next couple of years, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my plan. (laughs) That's so amazing. And because with the series, like, did you at a certain point decide like how the whole series would go? So when I wrote Hellfire and Honey, I did not know what I was doing (laughs) as far as, as far as plotting or series plotting. And I wanted an agent and a, a traditional contract. And so they all want standalones. Um, it's really, really stressed in, in large publishing houses that you should have a standalone debut. And so I wrote Hellfire and Honey to be a standalone. It's a complete story and it has an ending. Mm. And so when City Owl Press told me that they were interested in a series, I immediately had all these thoughts in my head of different characters. Each story will, will have a different couple um, and they all kind of wrap around different themes. And so I now have at least, I have five books plotted um, and two the Hellfire and Honey, and then book number two, which is untitled, they're done. So hopefully I can get kind of three through five on the same outline that I have done. So. Oh, that's great. So they're, are they kind of standalone, but also connected? Exactly. So mm. each character in the book will have been in a different book already in a smaller mm. role. And they'll each get, they're all fantasy romance. I'm a romance sucker. I just, I just eat it up. <laughs> I love it. So they're all, um, they all have a romance and they all have um, 
some pretty awesome, if I say myself, kick butt main characters. <laughs> like looking at your where you're at now to where you were at when you first started, I think it was 2018 just when you about, first yeah. what surprises you? Like how do you what how do you feel differently? I just feel like I have learned so much and I've learned where I can find answers if I have questions that I don't know. And knowing how to research and knowing where to look for more information has been an invaluable part of trying to write these books. If I could tell myself, if I could look back and be like, hey, you're going to have a book contract, you know, in three years, your debut fantasy is going to come out and it's going to be traditionally published with a small press. I would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just wrote this book and it's garbage. <laughs> and and um, I would just be like over the moon. It would be, it's been an incredible journey in more than one way. Yeah, I'll say I love that you know where to go for information. Like how, how did you go from being someone who's like a complete outsider to the publishing industry to now feeling like, oh, I know where I can go. Like, can you think of like one, it was there one thing or was it just many things? Um, there's definitely a lot of elements, but I started with author blogs, my favorite authors, I would go to their blogs and they almost mm. always have some publishing or writing information, or they talk about their agents, or they talk about how they got an agent or how they, you know, magically found an agent in the mythical, you know, agent watering hole that they all go to. <laughs> and, um, and so I would recommend if you have a favorite author, go look on their author. They almost always have a blog. Not everybody does, but almost all authors have some blog and they will probably have maybe their older writing tips or older publishing tips, but they will be a fantastic place to start. I mm. still stock all of my favorite authors blogs. If I'm stuck with a writing element or a publishing question, I'll go back to their backlog and be like, did they ever answer this? It's got to be in here somewhere. Oh my God. I love it. You're such a researcher. <laughs> I really do like to research. I'm guilty. <laughs> I don't think I ever like keyword search on a, a blogs. I'm like, if it's not, if they didn't publish it yesterday, it doesn't exist to me. <laughs> that is, I mean, you should go look through some of the author's backlogs <laughs> or yeah. type in, you know, writing articles or sometimes they have a category. Um, you just click on their category, but yeah, they usually have a lot of really good advice. Awesome. I love that. Okay. And so now what advice would you give yourself? So the 2018 version of AN has been on a lot of adventures since then. <laughs> Um, man, that's a great question. I would probably tell myself that I'm stronger than I think I am and that I need to believe in myself um, more than I do. And even now there is an element of, oh, it's my first book. I don't have any readers. I, I don't know, you know how this launch is going to go, but I already have a second book under contract for my novella and I have a second book written. And so I need to remember that um, mm. I have done hard things and starting a career is another hard thing to do. So I'm really excited. I would just tell myself, you know, be strong, be encouraged, be excited. And I think I still need to tell myself that <laughs> sometimes. It can sometimes be hard for us to like stop and just enjoy that moment, can't it? Because. Oh, it is. I just finished like a side story, not connected to 
my series. And I literally just finished that on Monday and I'm already planning my, we're doing City Out Pressed as a Christmas novella, not Aww. novella, a Christmas anthology. Um, and so I'm already planning my story to write for our Christmas anthology and I want to get it done before the baby comes next month. Aww. So there's no stopping. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah unstoppable awesome well where can people catch up with you um so i have a website anpayton.com and there's a newsletter link there if anyone wants to sign up for my newsletter i do have some fantasy themed freebies that um, you'd be welcome to download if you wanted to sign up there um, i'm on twitter at anpayton2 there was already an anpayton on there <laughs> and then instagram anpayton dot author awesome and june 13th is the publication date june 21st oh june 21st i don't know we got 13. <laughs> don't make it sooner please i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> and when is your due date that to yeah my it. due date is june 14th <laughs> oh my gosh those i are know really i know together it's very crazy it's gonna be a wild ride and <laughs> The reminding myself that I've been through a lot and can do it again is definitely coming into play here. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to talk about the journey and the story. A.N. shared so many great tips about the publishing process uh, from start to finish. I am going to summarize just a few of them here, but I will also put some links to the resources and references as well as her book which is on pre-order now in the show notes okay so here are the top tips number one when writing query letters cut the backstory jump into the action what's happening now and the stakes you need to show the agent that you know what the hook is for your book and what will keep readers reading Number two, on a related point, remember that agents are only going to look at your query letter for about a minute. Number three, small presses are a great option because you don't need any agent, and especially because if you are interested in writing series, they are more open to those. Number four, as I mentioned at the beginning, look for the back doors. Participating in Twitter pitches, for example, are a great way to connect directly with editors. And there are always backdoors, so check them out even if it's not a Twitter pitch. Number five, looking for advice on the craft or publishing in general? Go to your favorite author's websites and search their old posts. And number six, imposter syndrome is normal at every stage. Thanks so much for listening. As always, it would help me so much if you could review or rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify. Also, I just love it when listeners join our Facebook group. If you want to take your writing to the next level, uh, we have lots of great discussions in there, and we are even starting a money mindset challenge that you may want to get in on. Lastly, I have a newsletter where I provide updates about all of the episodes, so you can sign up to that. I will put a link in the show notes. I will talk to you guys next week. In the meantime, happy writing.